Hi, this is Diana Screens in Focus Podcast, and welcome to our episode on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Judith joins me as we break down the season. I'm so excited that she is here. We also had a bit of technical difficulty, so please pardon the audio quality. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us. Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Season 12. Judith Weigel is back. She is a divorce mediator, coach, and host of the Amicable Divorce Expert podcast. She has worked in the entertainment industry and lives in Los Angeles, and I love her humor, her knowledge, and her firsthand experiences with celebrities and people in the industry. I am really excited to get her perspective on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, The Reunion, and any other celebrity news or updates she may have. Welcome, Judith. How are you? Chomping at the bit to have this conversation. A, I can't believe it's season 12. I, I mean, that's a milestone. And I've watched every episode of every season far more than one time. So, but this, re, this season and certainly this reunion three parts, I mean, I don't think any other show has three parts to the reunion. This was explosive. This was big. This even topped last year when we, when Erica emerged, at, you know, having this very difficult life, other life now, but oh no, no, this was a very interesting season, Diane. Where do you want to start? Oh my gosh. You know, you said it was a three-part reunion, and I recently read that filming went to 10 p.m. at night, and they had to cut out so much because they had a lot of things in there, and they just took it out because it was so long. So I, I want to see the, uh, you know, the outtakes or missing pieces. I would love it if they put that out. I think that that would be great. I think the outtakes would be phenomenal. So here's where I went. You know, I have a passion for food as my other passion. I know exactly where they filmed at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I mean, I've been there a million times and it was where the pool was outside under the little cabana area. And so my thoughts were, nobody gets to eat there. Everybody say the Beverly Hills Hotel. They can't eat there. Dang. But I bet they had an audience. Yeah. All right. So, you know, we always have so much to talk about with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And like you had mentioned, our focal point last reunion was Erica Jane. It was so explosive, her divorce, everything, the lawsuits, legal woes. But now here we go with Kathy Hilton and Lisa Rinna and just so much more. And we are going to talk about Erica Jane and her $750,000 earrings, which I think have increased to a million four, a million five, which I'm 1.2, I think. 1.2. Okay. Increased in value. Yes. And then we'll talk about how she was perceived by her, how the other housewives and all of that. So, but first let's dig in and talk about Diana Jenkins because she was a new housewife this season. And I saw some news yesterday that came out about the cyber bullying attacks against Garcelle Bouvet's son, Jax, who is 14. 
Did you hear about how they found the um, where it stemmed from? Well, didn't Diana hire attorneys since Garcelle thought that it was Diana that was doing it, which I am shocked that anybody, even Lisa Rana, who does do dirty tricks, I'm shocked that any housewife would even think about doing it. So am I right? You, this is now I need you to catch me up. So Diana spent money on attorneys to see where this was coming from. My understanding is it's an, an IP address in Northern California, yes. something unrelated to the housewives completely. Yes, that's correct. Okay. What I read, this is what I, these, this is, uh, was on Radar Online. It says, after reviewing data obtained under subpoena from Meta, Jenkins attorneys are zeroing in on Northern California resident whose IP address and phone number were linked to Instagram account Queen of the T, which sent a racially offensive message to Jax in August. Jax meaning a character on Vanderpump Rules? Or- no, no, no. Jax, her son. Oh, wait a minute. Jax is Garcelle's son. Yes, exactly. Okay. I, I'm so tied up with the housewives themselves. I don't know their children's names. <laughs> yes. Her, her son's, one of her son's name is Jax. Yes. Okay. What do you think about Diana? Okay. So let's talk about Diana. She feels like a, like a sore thumb. I mean, she just doesn't seem to fit for some reason for me. Um, very hardcore. When new people are introduced on these shows, it seems whether it's the New York Housewives with Carol Radzewell or the Beverly Hills Housewives with Denise Richards and Erica, anytime there's a first season, it seems like the housewives are little lambs and they seem to be very conciliatory people. And then the second season, they get mean. And the third season, they're outright. <laughs> so Diana, though, came on hardcore. She did. She conciliatory at all. And I'm thinking, okay, well, A, what's your value to the show? What do you do? You're not an actress. You're not, you know, in the Beverly Hills scene, social scene, like many people. Why are you there? I think she was there because she was a friend of Kyle's, right? Doesn't Kyle bring people on the show? You know, I was trying to remember how, what, whose friend she was. It seems interesting that Kyle, of all people, they don't seem to, I wouldn't think that they would mesh for some reason. I know. So, okay, she's wealthy and an interesting backstory, you know, was it Serbia she grew up in? Um, you know, Bo- one of, Bosnia, Bosnia, one of the Eastern yeah. countries, so, you know, hard childhood. I mean, yeah, great. she talked about that. Yeah. So great that she did so well for herself, but I don't know that she really added anything. Do you? It's interesting because I kept flipping on how I felt about her. I thought she was at least interesting. We have some that are very boring. I don't think that she was really boring because she could be volatile at times, but then I felt she could be, uh, she, she got along with certain housewives and could be very, uh, sweet. I think she, okay, she's not like Erica, but in a way she is a little bit like Erica in the sense of, 
they put up this front and they can be very, um, hard ass. Yes. Right. Or, you know, they, you can feel attacked by them depending on how they react, but it's a fear, you know, it's their fear. It's their wall that they're putting up as a defense for them. So, um, yeah, I just had mixed feelings about her. I would like to see her come back for season two. I don't know. I, I got a feeling she may not, but I would like to see a little more of her to see where her, where she, like you had mentioned, you have to do that first season get your bearings and then go for a second season to see what you can really bring. Well, here's the thing I did not like, and I don't like this about anybody. And I live certainly not in Beverly Hills in those homes, but I live around the area and there's a lot of people who are wealthy. She wore her wealth as her badge. And I don't like that. Mm. talked about being wealthy and how much she can do with money. You don't do that. Everybody knows you have to have something to come on these shows, except for Bethany. Bethany was not wealthy when she started on the New York housewives. Bethany, you know, could barely pay the rent. She paid the rent. I mean, she worked. Bethany always hustled and worked. And, you know, I used to work with Bethany when she was in Los Angeles. I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but we were in the events business together. And uh, so, so she and I did some really incredible events together. But when Bethany appeared on the New York Housewives, she was in a studio and she was hustling, you know, so she was very enterprising, but she didn't have any money. She did have an interesting story, though. So it was a nice counterbalance to her and the other housewives. Yeah. Diana, on the other hand, has money, but I don't like being reminded that she has money as part of her story. It's just Mm -hmm. so, you know, I I am shallow to a certain extent, but not completely. So, yeah, let's have her come back on one more season and let's see what she really has to contribute, what she's really about. And then we'll make our our judgments from there. Yeah, that's if she comes back on. I'm hearing rumors that she may not. And if she doesn't, I think we're kind of okay with that. Right. I think we are, too, because there was no real storyline to hook on to. Yeah. So let's talk about Erica and her earrings, and her attitude that is perceived by the other women. Tell me, tell me, tell me what you're thinking. I'm going to sound a little different than I think most of these women, because I come from the legal world, and I have a slightly different understanding and view of things. So let's start with A. Did Erica know what was going on at Tom's law firm and that gifts that she was getting uh, were paid for by the people who were owed money, the victims who were owed money? No, I don't think she clearly understood what was going on. I don't think Tom came home and said, boy, am I screwing people. Yeah. I don't think he would do that at all. Right. No, I know because he wanted he wanted a certain persona, even at home. He wanted to be this man who was taking care of his wife, his home, his business. He was successful. Right. Now, let's not forget, he had a partner and they had other attorneys working at the firm. So Tom is not alone in looking at the books. Yeah. Tom has a partner and 
anybody in business listening to this or who has a spouse or friend in business listening to this podcast, everybody at the business knows what's going on. If you meet with your accountant, doesn't your accountant know what's going on? I mean, money comes in from lawsuits that were settled. Now it has to go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Tom was not alone, I don't think, in understanding that there was financial malfeasance going on. Now, let me take this a step further. Back in 2016, the first year Erica Jane was on the show, I think that was her first year or it was her second year. I had a client in the office going through divorce. And she made a comment about uh, working in a gentleman's club. And I said, hey, Erica Jane did it. I mean, just off the top of my head, I had no idea whether this woman watched housewife shows. And this woman says to me, Judy, Tom Girardi, she's right in it now. Tom Girardi owes my mother money. I said, what are you talking about? Her mother worked for Lockheed Martin, one of the companies named in these, you know, one of the cases named in these lawsuits. She said, my mother and a whole bunch of people in her department got super sick. They can't work ever again. My mother can barely leave the house. She's so sick. The case was settled. There was a lot of money that was supposed to go back to my mom and her co-workers, and they haven't seen a penny. And that was in 2016. Right. Yeah. So this has been going on for a while. This just didn't happen overnight. So my question is, well, what about the partners or one partner? What about the other attorneys? Didn't they know anything? What about the accountant? I mean, the money goes in the bank accounts. Yeah. It doesn't go, you know, into Tom's pocket. So I go back to what did the law firm know? Okay. Now let's go to the women and how they spoke to Erica, their judgment about her, and Erica's responses to them. Erica's hardcore. Yeah. Erica is not going to be a little lamb. And Erica, I'm sure, is mad that there is no money for her in the divorce settlement. I think she's in shock at the, at the fact that there was nothing for her. Even she then ended up making more money than Tom. Because Tom had nothing. Right, they took yeah. her away from him and he had to sell the house. So I think she was like very shocked about that. And then we learned, of course, there is another Palm Springs house that Tom had for another woman he had a relationship with. That came out in one of the episodes. But let's go to the women and what they wanted Erica to do. A, to apologize. Well, what is Erica actually apologizing for? She didn't run the law firm. Yeah. There's nothing she could do about how her husband conducted business. Maybe you can say, well, didn't she have an inkling? Why did she accept gifts? Oh, I don't know. I mean, what is she supposed to do? Tom, I know that you're stealing from people. I can't accept the gift. Did she really know he was stealing from people? I mean, I, I, you know, these are questions we can't answer, but let's talk about it. But here. they did say, didn't it come out that she had no knowledge or they at least That's legally? right. Good point. She's uh, off the hook for having uh, knowledge. Yeah, off the hook. 
So that's good. They say she didn't know. They say she didn't know. She may have even had a suspicion, but where is that going to get her? How is she going to get her husband to change? You know what I mean? I, uh-huh. I don't think she had any power in, in the situation. And so, you know, she's on this show. Now, this is where these shows actually turn you into different people sometimes, I think. So she's on the show. You can't be on the Beverly Hills Housewives and not have some kind of social standing and money. That was her, you know, that's how she stayed on the show. I think the only reason she continued on the show after her husband got disbarred and all the money was taken away was because that legal situation became very interesting. Erica on her own had nothing for the show except her legal woes. You know, she wasn't making the money she used to make um, or had the status. She wasn't being hired. So I think she was in a very tough jam. But I guess let's talk about that bit. Maybe there was more than one scene, Diana, in which the earrings were discussed, right? I think there was a lot more than one scene. I feel like they concentrated on her and those earrings with Garcelle and the talk show that she went on and then talking with Crystal about it and then... Maybe even Sutton, I don't remember, recall. But I know for sure Crystal and Garcelle talked about it a lot. Okay. And then Erica's final answer in the final scene talking about the earrings where every housewife said, I would give them back. Give them back to who? Tom gave them to her. Yeah. Who was she going to give these earrings to? Even if she had them in her possession. I mean, that's so naive where do they go? I mean, do you do you take them in to an appraiser or a pawn shop and get money? And then what? Look at who's in all of the cases and start cutting checks. You don't you can't do that. This is she's right. This is a legal proceeding. Yeah, and I go ahead. No, things have to be done a certain way. I No, I was going to say, I understood that when she said it. I understood when she said, I'm not giving these back until the court tells me I have to give them. And then when they do, I will turn them in. And I think that the women don't understand her standing. And I know she says a lot of times there's certain things I can say, there's certain things I can't say, because I think if she turned them in, it would, in a sense, say, I'm guilty and I knew where these came from. And so I'm giving them back. It may have looked wrong or bad or gone against her in court. I, you know, I'm not really sure, but that's what I picked up from it. The earrings are one part of it, but the other part was, I think a lot of the women didn't like her attitude in how, um, about the victims and how she said she was out for herself. That's what they didn't like. And even Kyle, jumped on that too, saying, you got to feel something for these victims. And I can understand that part. Like, I agree that she should keep the earrings until she needs to give them. Because also, if you're broke, you're going to keep on to, you know, as much that belongs to you, and then, you know, go by the the law and and possibly have to give them back. And she said she would, and I believe she would. And then she did. Well, no, the, the court confiscated them. There wasn't a choice. So you had a bankruptcy uh, case. And in the bankruptcy case, you have these uh, creditors or debtors, people you owe money to. 
Um, and so they confiscate. So the court, through their means, will confiscate things of value, which they did, the earrings being one of these, one of these things of value. And then they keep them wherever they keep them. They make decisions on what happens to them. So the court has them. And I believe she said her attorneys on appeal to get them back because they were a gift and not owned by the law firm. And I think the court's position is, but if ill-gotten money paid for them, then they have to go back to the court who will then divide, you know, get collect money and divide up which victims get what. Mm-hmm. So the court is right. the one who's instrumental in the position of where these earrings are going to go. Right. Now, she did say they're on appeal to get them back. That's great. They're on appeal to get them back. So she doesn't want anybody to have them but her. That's very clear, right? Yeah, yeah. I think what she could have done if if it wasn't legally compromising is said, I actually do feel bad for people. I don't know how that would have compromised the court case for her, that she feels badly if people did not get what they should have gotten, you know, from, from mm-hmm. the awards that were given. But that's not who she is. I know. Just not who she is in any front. It's not who she is. And if you really look at her and in juxtaposition to Tom, it looked like the weirdest relationship on earth. They didn't seem like they made sense together. And it wasn't age. It was he's refined. She absolutely is not refined at all. So that was a weird relationship just to start with. But, yeah. But she does care about him. I mean, they still have a relationship. She feels bad for him. They still talk. So I do think that she does care, loved him, however you want to categorize their relationship. Because otherwise, if it was just about money, she would have cut it off and she wouldn't be dealing with him at all anymore. I agree. I I really, really do agree. I mean, they were married an awful long time. He took care of her son when her son was small. So they they met at a Beverly Hills cocktail lounge, you know, in the shopping triangle. She was a young, hot woman. And he was, you know, almost middle-aged, hot, successful man. But he took care of her son. And if there's one thing we know about her, she loves her son dearly. Yes. I mean, she's mama bear. And so I think she really appreciated that Tom took care of her son uh, when he was growing up because he didn't have a dad. So, Mm -hmm. you know, hats off to her for being appreciative for that. And because I'm in the divorce business, Diana, I mean, people can be mad and see reasons why they should get divorced. But you still go back and forth and have feelings about somebody you've been with for an awfully long time. It's hard to cut off those feelings. You make a good point. But what would you have said if you were cornered like that? What would you have said about the earrings? Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know, I would have to rely on my legal team of what they told me to do. Yeah. So I would do that. But 
I also wouldn't have been as harsh as she was. Yeah. I would have said, you guys don't understand my position. I understand that there are victims. And when we come to know for sure that there's victims and who those victims are, then I will, you know, I have sympathy for them. But I think Erica is is so guarded about that. Like she doesn't even want to say she's sorry right now. She doesn't want to because she keeps saying if there are victims, potential victims. So she doesn't even acknowledge that there are victims. Okay, Judith, let's talk about, I know you've been, you can't wait to talk about this. Let's talk about Kathy Hilton, Kyle, Lisa Rinna, and Aspen. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was feeling as though that tequila issue started the snowball effect. Well, okay, so here's my take on everything. Because we all know I have no social life, I watch all these shows, including Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which I have since day one. If we remember back in the day when Paris Hilton was coming up as a socialite, a party animal socialite, Kim Kardashian was her stylist. So you can see footage of Paris walking into nightclubs and restaurants you know, back in the day before uh, Kim had her own sex tape and career, you can see Kim right next to her, not made up at all, but very happy to be there. So Paris has the sex tape. It even catapults her more into celebrity. And then somehow Kim has her own sex tape release. Now, the difference between the careers of these two women, I mean, we obviously know where Kim went, billions of dollars. Right. Um, Kim had her mother, Chris, as a businesswoman who could take this sex tape and multiply it many fold into a business. Kathy Hilton isn't a businesswoman, so she couldn't do that for her daughter. You know, Paris was on her own to find her own way. And Nikki, the other daughter, you know, went into fashion. So Kim had a much bigger career and is now making more money than Paris can inherit and make. I am sure that was a sore spot for Kathy that Kim, the stylist of Paris, then went on to be giant worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go to the tequila. I this is something I don't know. Before I give you my conjecture on the tequila incident, what apparently Kathy Hilton has a tequila brand. Is that true? Yes, that's what she. I but I didn't know that until the last couple of episodes where she kept, or I maybe it was when they went to Aspen. She kept. Trying to make everyone try her tequila, drink her tequila, trying to give everybody shots. Nobody was in the mood for tequila, <laughs> but which was interesting because the women do like to drink. But um, right, it was. Okay. I guess it wasn't OC. I think OC they like tequila. All right, so Lisa Rinna ordering Kendall Jenner's 
to kill. And once we, again, we have the Kardashian family. Ah. It's little head around Kathy Hilton and the Kardashians have gone on to be phenomenally wealthy. Every one of them is phenomenally wealthy and has, well, okay, fabulous careers. Let me, let me put this into, into context. Chloe, I don't know that she has a fabulous career. I mean, she makes money from the show. She has the blue jeans, but I mean, we're not, ta- I, I don't know what she makes on the blue jeans, but um, she enjoys being a mom. And, and so she is. Unfortunately, she picks men that aren't uh, loyal to her, but, you know, she's a mom and this is what she's always wanted to do. And then you have Courtney who has children, you know, so you've got Kim, Kendall and Kylie who are the real powerhouse business women. And I think that's just a needle in the side of Kathy Hilton. I think yeah. it's all about the Kardashians. It's my theory. What do you think? I had not thought about that at all. And I'm so glad that you brought it up because that makes me understand now why Kathy was so peeved when Lisa Rinna asked to try the other tequila. I had no idea. I had no idea. I love it. It all goes back to Paris, Kim, and how Kim's career took off and Paris's really didn't at a certain point. Okay, so that's that's one side. Now, why would she want to take Kyle, her sister, down? And I absolutely believe she said that. So I think so, too. I was going to talk to you about this. Okay, keep going. Well, what are your thoughts first? And then I'm going to give you mine. Okay, so I don't know a lot about Kathy Hilton, but... I know that they had that falling out, her and Kyle, a while back, and we didn't know why. And then we've seen some of Kim on, you know, we have seen Kim on the show. So I feel like Kyle is, is Kyle the youngest, I believe, but I feel as though she's. It's Kim, Kathy, Kyle. That's the order. Kathy, Kyle. Wait, Kim is the oldest? Kim's the oldest. She is? Kim's the oldest. Oh, I had no idea. Okay. I don't know why I thought Kathy was the oldest. Mm -mm. I feel like Kyle is the one that's always trying to keep them together, always trying to keep them at peace. I feel like their upbringing was something maybe that they don't really share a lot of. I think that there's a lot more that is not divulged to us because I know that Kathy was upset with Kyle for putting that show out about loosely based on their mom because I felt like Kathy didn't want anything out there on the family and I, I feel like she had something to hide and also the way that she treated Paris when Paris was young, I saw that documentary on Paris about when she was a teenager and how her parents couldn't deal with her. And they had that, you know, those camps that come and whisk you away at night and take you to some. Oh, that's really funny. That I didn't know. Yes, that's, she that's she talked wrong. about that. And she's been traumatized because of that. These people come and kidnap her. These men come to her bedroom and kidnap her and she sees her parents off to the side watching this happen and she goes off 
you know, to this camp where she feels as though she's a prisoner. Yeah. So knowing that. I never heard of that. I know that Paris and Kim went to Buckley School in Sherman Oaks together. But then did Paris finish at, at another school after she was kidnapped? I don't know how, I can't remember how long she was at this place. You could go watch the documentary. I, I believe it's on, might be on H, might be on HBO. It's been, it's been a little bit now that I saw it a year or two, maybe, but it was very interesting, very eye opening. I didn't know any of this about Paris. I had a new appreciation for her. Uh, This was before she got married because she had talked about having it being difficult her finding a relationship because of a lot of baggage she had. And also she works hard. I, she's very smart. Uh, You know, this whole persona of exactly. It is what, yeah, Yeah. that she was, um, that program that she was in with, um, Uh, the simple life. Yes. That is not really her, but I think people think, Oh, this is how Paris really is. And so I, um, I just have a new appreciation for her. And because I knew that little tidbit about Kathy being a parent, not knowing how to deal with her daughter and all of that, it was just, um, it just has me, a, you know, gives me a different perspective on Kathy. Of course, I don't know her. I don't live with her. But it makes me feel like, yeah, she could go into these rages. And, you know, I think that some of this did happen. I, I don't feel like Lisa Rinna is completely making it up. Now, is she emphasizing, embellishing what happened? Possibly, you know, it could very well be uh, because we don't know. And why were the cameras off? That's what I want to know. What do you think about that? I want to go back to the other reason I thought Kathy um, said that she's going to take Kyle down. So I was okay. Observing my comments. I wanted to listen to you and I found out something new. Um, when 12 years ago, when the house, when the Beverly Hills housewife series franchise started, Mauricio was working for Rick Hilton at Hilton and Highland real estate. Oh yeah. I think I remember something. Mauricio was a high earner. Mauricio was really good at what he did. He brought in lots of money. Mauricio got an offer from somebody who wanted to start a real estate company called The Agency and wanted Mauricio to run it. And there was a scene where Mauricio said to Kyle, you know, I got this offer, uh, which is phenomenal, and I really don't want to pass it up. And Kyle says, I hope this doesn't affect my relationship with Kathy. And mm-hmm. this was 10, 11 years ago. And it did apparently affect yeah. her relationship with Kathy. Because when Kyle says, you know, there were years we really didn't speak, there were holidays we didn't spend together. And Kyle is a real homebody person. You know, she, yeah, she I, is. I think she's a great wife and mother. I think these are her two best roles. I think owning clothing stores is not anything she should be doing. She's great at being a wife and a mother. And maybe if she got little acting roles along the way, like having ends with Jamie Lee Curtis, that's great. But I really do think it's the fact 
that Mauricio left Rick Hilton, her husband, in the real estate business and became phenomenally successful on his own. This is two, these are two people now, Kim Kardashian and Mauricio Yamansky, that left the Hiltons and became very successful on their own. Mm-hmm. And I think Kathy has not recovered from that. Yeah. I really do not think Kyle was ever going to do to make up for that. And, you know, life goes on. First of all, Kathy, you've got a butler. So the fact that Mauricio left your husband's real estate business has not stopped you from living the simple life, the good life, the butler driven life. Now, there was a scene where Kat, oh, and by the way, you'll see a scene this past season with Kathy and Mauricio in the kitchen in Aspen. Watch that scene again. There was no love between them. Mauricio wasn't having any of Kathy's requests. He was actually kind of mean to her on camera. Mm -hmm. She was asking for things and he just was impatient with her. So I think They've had some real issues over Mauricio leaving Rick. And people move on. I mean, come on. People just move on. You can't stop people from growing. So anyway, that's my take on that. Now, what was the last thing that you said about? Oh, Lisa Rinna. Oh, that's right. Lisa Rinna. Okay. So Lisa's an actress through and through. So let's never forget that. And Lisa... I think she has a great relationship with her kids and her husband. I honestly do. I sat next to yeah. them in a theater in Sherman Oaks Gallery years ago uh, when they were kids. I think it was before. It was either right when Lisa Rinna came on The Housewives or right before. All of a sudden, I look to my left. I'm sitting next to Harry Hamlin. And next to him are the two girls. And next to the two girls is Lisa Rinna. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I love when stuff like that happens. But Lisa, I think, is over-dramatizing the situation. Okay, maybe she's never seen Kathy get crazy. She was, really, Lisa, you're in fear for your life? All you have to do is walk out of the house. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Gun. She's just yelling. You haven't seen yelling before? You're an actress. <laughs> I mean, come on, you yeah. yell. So that was, uh, for me, over-dramatization. I do agree she could have left your right. But I also think that Kathy probably said things she should have never said. You know, people can get, especially when it's family and it's something that's really deep-seated in you, you can come out off like a crazy person. It's like deep inside of you and you're like, I'm going to do whatever it is that she said. And so that could be kind of scary because Lisa's probably thinking, oh man, this is, you know, coming from deep within Kathy. So the thing is, I believe that that could happen. I believe that, you know, within like relationships and families, things are there that we don't see every day, don't see on television. And I think it was exposed. And I think it was shocking probably to Lisa, that Lisa Renna. I think Lisa Renna was shocked, but yeah, she could have left. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't addressed to Lisa. There no. were no threats to Lisa. So okay. 
what you were hearing was mean intended for other people, but not you. So where's the fear? What are you talking about? And why is it your business, Lisa, to carry this conversation anywhere? If you or I were in a room and one sister was uh, spewing expletives and threats about the other sister, wouldn't you pause for thought whether it was your job to carry this conversation forward? Think about it. In a normal situation, is it really your job? People think about that. What if you know somebody's cheating on, what if you have a girlfriend and you know her husband's cheating? You have to stop and think about, am I going to say anything or not? What's my obligation? We all run into situations like this. I, it was airtime. In my opinion, it was simply yeah. airtime for Lisa. Yeah. You needed more drama. Now, let's go to your other question. Why weren't the cameras on? And this I want to explain from clients I've had who have worked for Bravo as cameramen. Ooh, they, I love it, Judith. I was so surprised at how the show is shot. First of all, my sister-in-law. Years ago when Andrea um, married to Paul, Andrea Maloof. Adrian Maloof. Remember at the beginning, Adrian Maloof was on with her husband, Paul. Well, when she was in the cast, my sister-in-law was shopping at the Glen Center, which is this really cool upscale shopping center at the top of Beverly Glen and Mulholland in the Valley. Okay. Uh -huh. And there was this um, kind of like a gourmet grocery store that had a little outdoor seating area where you could buy food and sit at a picnic table and talk. So my sister-in-law, when she had to go up and get something, saw the housewives cast with their scripts sitting at the table oh, going over the yeah. upcoming scenes. Okay. Uh-huh. So the, the scenes have to be mapped out because you have to have cameras there with um, mic packs on the women so that you can shoot a scene. So I was right. surprised about that because that's called soft scripted. So you, you either have very specifically scripted shows or in this or in this reality show, you have what's called soft scripted. You have a, like an outline and everybody has a storyline that they're going to move forward. And, and so you kind of go over that and decide who's going to go visit who, who has something coming up in their lives that would be interesting to film. And you kind of put stuff together that way. Now, the cameraman. So I was, it was explained to me by a cameraman that the cameraman and the actors, so to speak, the principals on the reality shows work in tandem with one another to shoot the scenes. And they can say, I don't want something shot. Or they can say, do it again. So Vicki Gunvalson on Orange County Housewives was supposedly famous for reshooting scenes until they got it right. Because mm. she wanted all the drama to come out. And I think she was pretty good at figuring out drama for the Orange County Housewives. And if we, do you remember when Kim Richards, when we found out Kim Richards was an alcoholic, who was in a limousine, there was a party at Kyle's house. 
And Kim got drunk, I guess, acting out, saying things. And that's when Kyle lost her cool and said, I need to speak to my sister in the limousine. I don't want the cameras on. And the producer said, we want the cameras on. And Kyle acquiesced. And so we saw in the limousine that, you know, Kim was an alcoholic. It's the first time years ago. So I have a feeling that that's how the cameras were dealt with in Aspen. Um, Either they weren't there because they're not there every second of every day. You you have to map out when they're going to come and what you're going to shoot. Or Kathy just said, there's absolutely no freaking way you're going to shoot me. Period. End of story. I'm sure that's what she said. It's one of the two. It's either the cameras weren't even there or Kathy said, I'm sorry, out. I'm not going to say a thing if, you, if the cameras are on. Something happened. Or, and I don't think lawyers can do anything about this. I think when Kathy went on the show, there were more lawyers than, than heaven had invented. You know, looking over the Bravo contract, you know, because Kathy was very quiet about who she was. She wasn't yeah. a figure like we know other people to be because she wasn't an actress. She was a housewife, like an actual housewife with no camera time. So I'm not surprised that cameras didn't pick that scene up. I'm not surprised. Hmm. Well, I was hoping that there would be some found footage somewhere and that we could see what happened. Because right now it's, she said, she said. And I think people are leaning toward toward believing Kathy, which I find interesting because I feel like what Lisa Rinna said probably happened. I just don't think that Lisa Rinna's reaction, you know, I thought it was over the top and yes, she was there to bring in ratings and yes, she is an actress, but I do feel like there was a lot said. Oh, I'm sorry. Kathy alluded to it or Kathy wouldn't have apologized to everybody. Yeah. So... Apologize. So no, she said stuff. But when it got to the reunion show, that's when Kathy started denying certain things because she yes. was sitting next to Kyle. So and and even Erica said that she, you know, said a derogatory slur against the, I guess, the DJ that wouldn't play the music that she wanted. Uh, and of course, Kathy basically said that they were both lines and called Lisa Rinna the biggest. Hollywood bully that she bullied everyone off the show. She bullied her sister, Kim. She bullied Lisa Vanderpump and now her. And I think that Lisa has stirred up some things, but I don't think it stemmed from her because back when it was with her and Kim, that whole bunny thing. Yes, I know Lisa's a good actress can cry, but I, I thought Kim was a lot of at fault with that. And Uh, my only comment about Lisa being an actress was I feared for my life. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You can leave the house, Lisa, stop it. Just stop it. Walk out of the house. You know, if you're fearing you have a cell phone, call 911 for God's sakes. And there were other people around. How do you fear for your life? There were other people around. Yeah. So that, that I thought that was overacting. And I think it was very difficult for Kathy 
to be able to admit anything sitting on that couch at that reunion next to her sister. Now, that being said, I wish Kyle would stop crying. I'm so sick and tired of seeing this woman cry. What the fuck are you crying for? I... (laughs) Difficult relationships with their siblings in other families. Stop it. In fact, let let me do one more thing. If Kyle yeah. would actually take a different tack and stop crying and just say to Kathy, if, if Kathy says something she doesn't like, maybe say something like, you have no right nor invitation to talk to me that way. How's that? Be a grown-up, Kyle. You're not a child. You know, you know what's interesting is that her family dynamic, I realize she should say a lot of things, and you're right. I also have some sympathy for her her because I can understand her family dynamic and how things are. I don't know. I, I, I sympathize with her. I, you know, I have siblings. I adore them. I love them. I respect them, but there are certain things that I could never say to them because they're my elder siblings. Even if I thought that they were wrong, there are certain things I just could never, can't say to them or couldn't say to them just because there was this relationship that we had. And I just couldn't cross that line of telling them. I understand. And so, so I think that she is in that same, you know, feeling that same way, just like your parents too. You have your parents and, you know, you may not always agree with, you know, your parents and, but sometimes you just can't say how you're really feeling toward them. You should be able to, but sometimes um, just the way you grew up and the way that it is and your whole family dynamics, it's hard to say it. So I hope that for Kyle, things will get better. I know she's really close to her nieces and I know that they wanted Kathy and the rest of the family to come to her daughter's wedding. So I don't know how all of that will play out. We'll know more about that next year, but right. I do, I do feel for Kyle, even though I know she should um, right. say how she really feels and defend herself. Well, it just, instead of crying, just say, do not speak to me that way. That's all. Yes. It's that simple. It's not insulting. It's just no, it's not. You're 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 not a baby anymore. You're fifty or around there, and you're wealthy. You've raised a family. Just say, yeah. Don't talk to me like that anymore. That's it. Yep. Yeah, you have to learn some some kind of communication skills, Kyle. She really does. Yeah. All right. Let's touch on the other housewives to see if you have anything uh, to say. Although they were all <laughs> pushed to the side once all this drama came about. It's like, oh, yeah, they were in this season. So uh, there was Sutton. Right. And her relationship with Erica right. and her response to Dorit's break in. Oh, I forgot about uh, Dorit. My heart goes out to that one. Yeah. Oh, holy heck. Do you have anything? Well, first of all, I've been held up at gunpoint. So I can relate to Dorit and what you do in a situation like that. Oh, my gosh, Judith. I know. We have all these things from our past, right? So I was in my early 20s, and I was working at a really, really beautiful cocktail lounge at night and teaching elementary school kids during the day. Oh, my God. 
And I remember that we had two gentlemen at the bar. It was like one o'clock in the morning and, and somebody comes in. He did not appear to be one of our customers, very shabbily dressed and didn't look good and went in the back to the restroom, came out with a gun in his hand, pointed toward me and I was being <gasps> at the bar. And it's very interesting what you do and everybody's different when your life is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, you will surprise yourself when your life yeah. is in jeopardy. And I remember reaching out to him and being sympathetic and saying, do you need money? We have money. Can I help you? And he just shook his head. I think he was very high. I don't know on what, obviously, but he did not appear to be straight. (laughs) Uh, His Mm -hmm. eyes were bugged out. And I wanted to be very gentle and careful. And I just wanted to assure him that he was okay, which is weird since the gun was pointed at me. Um, And it worked out fine. Obviously, I'm here to talk. So nothing happened to me. I gave him money and he left. So... Um, it, it, it's, it, so with Dorit, the timing of it was really serendipitous to me, if I can use that word, I don't even know it's right, because it was the night of the last reunion show. That's when the break-in happened, after the reunion show. Oh, yes. It was yes. the very last episode of the reunion series, and that's when the break-in happened. Okay, you know, it it always happens when the security isn't on, when this isn't normal. And I actually was, I'm so sorry to say this, I was initially suspicious because there were rumors of them needing money and things going down financially. But then I don't know that you can make up a story like that. I mean, yes, we saw on camera somebody broke in. But when Dorit explained how she responded, I said, you know what? I get it. I get how people have to rise to an occasion like that when not only their lives are threatened, but their children in the next. Right. So, and then when Doreen explained her PTSD, the therapy she's undergoing, I, I mean, oh, my God, you know, what a life change. And the way I, I think where you want to go with this, if I'm not mistaken, is Sutton's response to yes. Kyle explaining uh, what had happened to Dory. It couldn't have been colder. Yeah. It couldn't have been a colder response. Well, and she did apologize, but I feel like Sutton has a way of reacting to people that is not in her favor, just the same way that she reacted to questioning Diana uh, Jenkins, you know, coming to the party after Uh, she said she didn't feel good about having the miscarriage. And then she says, oh, you basically, oh, you came anyway, or I'm not sure, but it wasn't a good reaction. I'm like, Sutton, you're not doing yourself any favors of being very uh, warm to these people who are having these things happen to them. And I know she brought up her father, but still at that moment, Kyle was relaying to you information and you were not acting warmly she was more about her herself 
rather than the situation. And same thing with Diana Jenkins. So I just think Sutton needs to probably work on her delivery and her reaction to things. Diana, I don't think it's possible. So in the world of getting people divorced, I have, it's been an eye opener in terms of different conditions people live with. It's been a real eye opener for me. So, you know, people have personality types and they have personality disorders. They have issues. And I don't think Sutton is able to empathize. I don't think that's part of her her makeup. I really don't. Mm. So that's why where a normal person would say, oh, my God, are you serious? Oh, my God. And I thought I had a bad day. Oh, my God. That would have been an empathetic reaction. Right. I don't think she's capable of it. I really don't. And, and, And that just has to be accepted. She's not capable of empathy, in my opinion. Right. I can see that. Okay, so what about Crystal? I want to talk just a a moment about Crystal, because I feel that she, you know, she is a different generation than these other women. We have had in other shows, different generations of women come together. But I feel like this one, there's a disconnect. I'm and I think it might be partially not just generational, but um, personality also. Because the way she speaks, the other housewives don't don't understand it. It's just not, you know, working between them. And I know her and Kyle, actually, even at the reunion, butted heads. Oh my god! Yeah, that was that was pretty intense. That was pretty intense. But but also, Crystal was lying. It wasn't her reality. She was plain old lying. She did not hear okay when you say but what was spoken what i heard okay that means words came out of somebody's mouth and you were saying in several scenes that it was very dark what sutton was saying oh my god i can't even repeat it it was so dark okay that means words came out of her mouth sutton's mouth right that you found to be overwhelming you know hard to deal with And then we come up to find out on the reunion, no, there were no words that came out of Sutton's mouth. So what the heck were you talking about, Crystal? What were you trying to do? Was this the soft script that somehow you have to become more controversial? It's not, you, you can't put that past TV shows. So there's something that wasn't working with Crystal, like she just wasn't that interesting. I don't think it was generational as much as this poor woman. Now I'm going to become really sensitive. This poor woman has an eating disorder to the point where she can't even live a day without throwing up. Can you imagine how that frames your life? I I can't imagine. I mean, to go right. out to eat. You know, food is part of everybody's culture. You get right. around food. Plates are put in front of you. People literally watch to see what each other eats. And the pressure that that must put on this woman, and she's a mother, she has to cook. I mean, she may have help because they're wealthy. You know, Bob's a really good director and writer. Just to live like that, I cannot imagine what it's like to live like that. Now, 
when you live with an eating disorder, the shame that's tied up with an eating disorder makes you cover things up in your life, makes you not be able to be authentic and vulnerable. She became right. very vulnerable this season. So hats off to her. Even her husband, Bob, said, I can't believe you actually talked about that. That's a big deal. Um, yes. So, you know, that's where I thought all of that was coming from, was maybe a two-parter. Crystal, you got to step up your game. You need a, You need some kind of controversy because there's nothing really going on with you. And she's not the first eating disorder person that we've seen on these shows. There have been New Jersey housewives had an eating disorder. New York housewives had an eating disorder. So an eating disorder becomes part of the cast members' lives. We've all seen it a lot. You know, you you really have to come to terms with these things because it affects your relationship with people, your vulnerability, what you're hiding. And and everybody can relate. You know what? Those who are your friends, those who truly love you will understand anything. Absolutely. Yes. That's the most. Okay. So let's take a moment and just uh, talk about Garcelle for a second, because I I think uh, we didn't touch upon her. At the reunion, she was so serious. And I think it was because of what happened or what was, what is happening with her son. Yeah. But um, it's interesting her take this season. And I, just as I'm talking with you and thinking about it, I wonder if she will continue on the show. I know that she would probably be invited back, but I I don't know, something, um, I don't know if it was just her son, but I just felt a certain shift with her in the reunion. I think, yeah, no, I agree with you, Diana. She was super serious. She obviously a very protective mother who knows what's really going on with her son, but very protective mother. So I really, really get that. I am going to open up a conversation here. That's going to be really sensitive because it's about race, but Marcel, who's been a very successful model and actress all her life, Mm-hmm. knew these women, maybe some better than others, before she got on the show. Really, at a point, it was either this season or last season, started talking about, I don't feel accepted because I'm black. I've always had to fight to be accepted. And I thought, but you have money and you have success and you're actually on the show. At what point are you going to feel accepted? I I don't know the answer to that. And I don't know that it's possible to do that. I mean, did you get any of that at all from Garcelle? First of all, just her own level of comfort on the show? Hopefully they will have more conversations around that. I think she's had conversations with Lisa, I mean, not Lisa Renna, sorry, with Kyle on the show and how things are perceived and when things are said and about, I think it's a difficult thing to handle. And even on the show, it's a difficult thing to handle in your life, at your job, 
in your friendships. Right. And so now you have to deal with it on a show, which I feel like they should deal with it. I feel like it should be brought more to the surface so that we can see how it's handled, how it should be handled, because it is, sure. you know, it is a mirror of reality. This is a reality show. So, right. you know, maybe next season they should concentrate on that. But I can't possibly know what the experience is with any other culture especially the African-American culture in this country, because I'm not. So I must listen and I must learn so that right. I can understand. And I'm, I'm happy to do that. Race aside, Garcelle gossips, stirs the pot. So if you don't feel comfortable and accepted, maybe rethink <laughs> the comments make the gossip maybe rethink that a little bit so everybody has their stuff everybody has they do everybody has their stuff which is why we tune in to hear about their stuff and watch their stuff but I do like these women and I do enjoy tuning in to uh, watch it's them. a holiday. I mean, when the reunion show comes up, I have no business meetings in the evening. I go nowhere. And people say, record it and watch it later. No, I want to watch it in real time. <laughs> <laughs> to find out what's going on. So, yes, it makes me, um, well, first of all, as a mediator, it, you know, I, I look at relationships all the time to see you know, how people can better communicate. That That's my whole thing. How can you better communicate? But communicating improperly makes these shows a hit. So I'm right there at that TV set every, every episode. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I, um, I want to mention uh, probably one last thing that um, I just read recently. It was about Lisa Rinna and that manila envelope that she carried around with her. I, I guess I, it, she had receipts for the Elton John snafu. Right. And they talked about it on the reunion, but it didn't make the cut. Well, so they I think... talked about it last season. They either talked about it in the reunion last season. This was not new. See, I didn't know. I... I didn't know what the receipts were for. That I think it was to show maybe that she pay, she's she been paying her fee to be seated at the table every year. And she, I because it was that Sutton said she was invited. She had invited them and they didn't thank her for it. But I guess Lisa was trying to prove that they were not guests of Sutton's. If I'm saying this correctly, this is what well, I believe it is. I think you are. And, and that she had receipts showing the relationship of that foundation that they were at and that they paid for their own seats. But it, I, I just saw it yesterday that when Andy was talking about how long the show was run and, you know, it went till 10 PM at night and, and that there was so much that they had to cut out. And that was one of the things they had to cut out. And there was quite a few things that they had to cut out. So um, but I just wanted to mention that because I had just read it recently. Yeah. So I had no idea what they were talking about. And then either you emailed me or somebody emailed me and I found out it was the Elton John receipts from a year ago's fundraiser. Um, or what was it? The Emmys, the Grammys, the something that he has his party for. 
Sutton is, you know, Miss Manners, of course, except when she opens her mouth. <laughs> there are no manners. <laughs> she expects manners, but then she takes license with her own manners sometime. That was, I, I, I just never understood that. I just never understood. And I mean, Lisa and Harry Hammond, Hamlin, I mean, they're connected to everybody. They know everybody in Hollywood. They don't need Sutton Scrap to connect them to anybody ever. And I'm a little surprised Sutton even knows Elton John. Does she actually know him? No, she just bought tickets, right? I don't know the relationship. Because I kind of think Lisa and Harry know him. Well, you know, Diana knows him because he called Yes. They FaceTimed on one of the episodes. Yeah. We know Diana. So you had asked me earlier uh, who, if I thought anyone else wasn't going to return to the show. And I was thinking that Kathy may not return to the show. And I know she had said if if Lisa Rinna and Erica were there, that she was not coming on. And I don't see them getting rid of Lisa Rinna and Erica. So I have a feeling that Kathy may not be on the show and that Diana will not return. So that is my Well, Kathy was a friend of the show this year. She wasn't a consistent castmate. Right. And she may, and this is, I think you may have told me this. Did you, that Kathy made more in her handful of appearances this season than Lisa made in her contract to do every episode. Oh, no, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I read it, I listened to it, something that she made more than Kyle and Lisa. Just being... Wow. Because Kathy became so popular. You know, first of all, Kathy's married to Rick Hilton. And she's mother of Paris Hilton. Okay, so this elevates her somehow in a uh, a noteworthy way. And when she was so dingy, you know, she's interesting. She's socially dingy, but she is very specific in terms of manners and propriety of behavior. And there was a scene with Paris. So... Uh, Kathy was at Paris's house and Kathy said to Paris, I can't remember Paris's husband's name. And by the way, my brother, uh, produced the music for Paris's, uh, Paris Hilton's wedding. Oh, wow. As he did with his wedding, my brother does the music for all these famous people. So I get to hear stories of what these events were like, because I'm no longer in the music business, which I used to be. I used to do music for events. So I love hearing these stories. And when I see scenes of all these events, I, I can tell. I, I, I know who some of the musicians are, so I can tell where the bands come from. Anyway, there was a scene in Paris's kitchen where Kathy, mom, says to Paris, you know, I never got to thank you for this thing I gave your husband. And Paris, who obviously knows her mother very well, said, well, I know he appreciated it. And she was trying to make it nice, you know, so her mother wouldn't be mad at her husband. But her mother just kept going on about, I I needed a a written thank you note. I needed this. This is what he should have. Wow. And, you know, Paris tried to appease her mother. I'm really sorry, mom. It was so interesting to look at that real-life mom-daughter dynamic. Kathy is very dominating. 
pet yes. is not a wallflower at all. So she may p- appear dingy wearing her slippers through the airport, whatever, <laughs> walking through, Kathy. You probably fly yeah. private everywhere. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm sure she doesn't take Southwest anywhere. But it was interesting to see that dynamic between mom and daughter. And daughter Paris acquiesces to mom. Mom's a tough bunny. Yeah, she is. Mom's Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, here's my prediction. I don't think Crystal's going to return. There's just not enough there. Crystal doesn't have enough going on in her life to return. Um, and I think probably she needs to take care of her health. I'm on the fence with Sutton. I don't know how much more Sutton can add. I really don't. And Diana, I'm also on the fence with Diana. I think I'm with you on that. I think everybody else is going to return. Even Kathy will probably do a walk on if she wants to. Right. If she wants to. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we have a lot to look forward to for season 13. Do you want to share, Judith, anything that you're working on with your podcast? Well, um, so we're doing well on the podcast. I'm still waiting for my first celebrity to join me uh, for one of my celebrity interview series. It's the last Wednesday of every month. So I upload every Wednesday, the amicable divorce expert. Naturally, I watch these shows just to get tips on how not to behave. But (laughs) the last Wednesday of every month, I pull a celebrity divorce in the news and I look at what the aspects of their divorce are so that I can relate it to the average person getting divorced. And it just makes it more interesting to talk about co-parenting, narcissism, dividing stuff, and all of that. Well, I had done an episode several months ago comparing Johnny Depp's divorce with Billy Ray Cyrus's divorce. And lo and behold, Billy Ray Cyrus called me at the office. That's amazing. And he said, first of all, you were very spot on in terms of uh, talking about my divorce. It was amicable until we got the lawyers involved to write it up. It was supposed to be simple and easy. They had already made their decisions. And he said, I I listened to your other um, episodes on lawyers and how lawyers can turn an amicable divorce litigious. And he said, that's what was happening. And, um, and so he said, thank you. And his son is an attorney. And he had his son listen to some of these episodes of mine. And he said, your son, my son, my son completely agrees with you. Now, the last episode I did was Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen. Because Mm. one thing I want anybody listening to you who's going to go through a divorce or is in the middle of a divorce, look at what the commitments you made in your marriage. If you made them and they didn't work out, look at that at, you know, uh, what not to do in your next relationship. So Tom Brady is having a horrible season, absolutely horrible. And one of the issues in divorce is you can be very distracted by the emotions of your divorce, and it can affect your work performance, whether you go to an office each day, and certainly when you're playing football in front of cameras. Giselle is no longer in the stands. And I think that support that Giselle gave him with the kids, mind you, she left a $400 million supermodel career to 
to let him build his career and his fortune is 250 million. So she still has more money than him. She sublimated her career to him. And he was supposed to retire and be part of the family and devote more time to the kids before they left high school, you know, so they could right. family. And he didn't. He had a, he had a broadcasting job waiting for him on Fox, canceled that, went back to work, and he's having a losing season. And so, you know, I, I'm using that uh, example with people when they come in the office, um, especially the men who say, but really and truly, should I look at that as a contributing factor that I didn't spend more time with the family as a contributing factor to the divorce? And I said, yes, yes, you should. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't dial back the hands of time. It is what it is. Everything is a learning lesson. And I have no judgment about people because I don't want people to judge me. And I have my learning lessons. I have a lot to learn. Um But I use those divorces uh, as examples in some of my mediations because people understand them. And that's what I have. So so that's what's going on in my business. Such fascinating stories, Judith. I love it. And I love you. Thank you so (laughs) adorable, wonderful. And I love that you have this podcast because it's so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for all your insight and your knowledge. And uh, it's just, it's always a blast getting together with you. So thank you. Touche. Thank you. Okay. So please listen to the Amicable Divorce Expert podcast. The links are in the show notes. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend we would love more members of our TV club. Next show will be on The Walking Dead. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. <laughs>